This is the Hidden Why podcast, episode 860, and this is my interview with Nicholas Dancer. We talk about his new book, Day In, Day Out. It's a great conversation, guys. I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another episode here on the Hidden Why podcast. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Busy time of the year, very exciting, lots going on. Totally get that feeling. It's uh, Christmas time, got the new year break coming up. Hopefully you've got a little bit of time off to reflect, to travel, to spend time with your loved ones. I'm certainly going to take a couple of weeks off uh, heading into the Christmas period. This will be probably my second or third last episode, interview episode this year. So guys, I hope you get the most out of this one. It's a great interview, actually really down to earth. It's with Nicholas Dancer or Nick, and he is the owner and operator of Dancer Concrete Design. They specialize in concrete finishing products and concrete design work like um, epoxy floors and polished floors and things to do with concrete. Um, it's great, great story. It's a great story about how he managed to um, come out of school, set up a company out of his basement and grow it to now a very comfortable, uh, profitable business. He still has a vision to grow it further, but he's focused on the day in, day out process of doing the work, showing up. And um, that's what his new book is about. It's actually titled Day In, Day Out, The Secret Power in showing up and doing the work. Guys, it's a really down-to-earth conversation. I hope you get a lot out of it. You can reach Nick Dancer at his website as well, which will be in the show notes. Going into next year, guys, I'm going to rejig the format of the show. I'm certainly still going to do interviews. I love the interview process, but I might just switch up the book reviews, solo rants, and things like that. So any ideas, let me know at thehiddenwireguy at gmail.com. And until we speak next time, enjoy your Christmas break. Cheers. Hey, Nick, welcome to the Hidden White Podcast. Glad to have you here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm halfway I'm through your book, man. Halfway through your book. Um, and I like it, actually. It's, an, it's I find it an easy read. It's got short chapters and sort of to-the-point topics in each chapter. So you can just sort of flick through and read one topic and sort of pause and sort of reflect on that as well. And I was just saying, I'm, I'm about halfway through and um, there was something there last night that really sort of just struck a chord with me that I had to sit on for a second. But um, different perspectives, as you said at the start of the book and just at the start of our interview here, nothing um, totally new, just uh, different perspectives and ways to make people think about um, about life and about work and all that sort of thing. Was there a reason why you wrote this book? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the format, the book, everything was, uh, you know, I've always appreciated books. Uh, there's popular books called Rework that uh, Jason Fried and Daniel Hanmeyer Hansen put out. Uh, and also I appreciate like Stephen Pressfield's writing style. And it's just, uh, it's not really data driven. Uh, I've never related to a lot of research or data. Mm. I've always been able to relate better when people just share their experiences. And in those books, it's just short, choppy chapters. Um, I like that you don't have to read in order. Um, I think the biggest thing is that it's not intimidating to pick up. You know, some of the books I read, uh, can get pretty heavy. And so I feel like I have to, you know, have 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes to sit down to actually like pick it up and read it. And I've always liked books that I can like almost impulsively read. Like I can choose to, um, get on social media or read a quick chapter. And so I wanted something that's easy to impulse read and, and pick it up and just take an idea and then set it down and, and be able to walk away. Yeah. But for me, writing just it, writing for one helps me discover myself and a lot of these principles I just wanted to share with, uh, I've been sharing with people through uh, an email I send out each week and uh, a few people just reached out and a couple stories hit home with them. And I thought, well, you know, if it 
if it helps a couple people through a, a small email, then a book could do the same thing in a in a bigger way. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, writing is obviously not your uh, vocational career. Um, you've got a concrete design company. Is that correct? Yeah. So I am definitely a business person first, writer secondary. Yeah. And I run a small specialty construction company. It's called Dancer Concrete Design in the state of Indiana, the United States. And we work within about a hundred mile radius of where we're located. And, and we don't even pour concrete. We specialize in the finishing techniques in concrete. So mm. we do polished concrete floors and epoxy floor coating. So we're actually coming in um, after the concrete's already poured a new construction or maybe working on a hundred year old building that has concrete floors and then turning those floors into a, a finished good. Yeah, and they look wonderful too. Yeah, they're awesome. It's it's a ton of fun. I think that's like where my uh, my passion and purpose lie. And I and I think that, you know, without the business, without learning to lead in my company, without those experiences, you know, I really wouldn't have a lot to write about. So a lot of those experiences in the book are shaped in my roles in my other pursuits, like uh, running like business or being a dad or being a husband. Yeah, and it's always good to put that in context. I think because some people, you know, I mean. You write a book and, and put it out there. If there's no story behind how the book was written or who wrote the book, it's hard to make that connection. But knowing that backstory, I think, is really important to shape that content or give that content a little bit more depth, I suppose. Um, yeah, my wife and I joke about like living in a writer's cabin and just being able to write all the time. Uh, nice. But we would have nothing to write about if uh, we didn't have our other pursuits. Yeah, I wonder that myself, actually, because that's sort of... It would be a dream, dream come true for me too, just to mm-hmm. sit down, right? So what, um, I mean, you started this business uh, out of your basement, I think it was, a basement business story, and yes. just with yourself, was it? What what got you into concrete design? Is that something that your, your father did or you just saw an opportunity? Yeah, I was... Uh... I was a janitor at my high school throughout high school and like during the summers we'd strip and wax all the floors in the school yeah and it was a, f- a fun job i worked with friends uh, it, it paid almost nothing but it just made the summer fun and it was work but uh coming up on my senior year a lot of the guys kind of stopped doing it their senior year and go get a different job before college and uh, one of the guys that i worked with previously uh, went into concrete construction and he said it was fun still kind of the same environment but you got to work outside you got to work with your friends um, different job sites instead of going to the same site all the time and so when I graduated high school I took concrete as a summer job and that was the first time I ever was around a, a concrete truck or or saw like concrete being poured and it was like traditional concrete driveways sidewalks uh, in our area there's a lot of agriculture so farm um, you know hog barns grain silos all things like that and I just had a lot of fun doing it. It was a blast. I was working with friends. It was a physical job. And when it came to college time to, you know, go to get your books and, you know, do do orientation, I just, now that I was out of high school, I kind of had a choice and I just, I never really wanted to go back in a a school building. I just, I liked what I was doing. So by process of elimination, all the other summer help went to college and I got promoted to a team leader. And just for the next couple of years, I did that had a lot of fun with it until I got in a motorcycle accident and I busted up my ankle pretty good. Mm. I had to have some surgeries. I was walking in a boot and crutches. And during that time period, I couldn't, I couldn't work uh, normal concrete construction. It's a pretty physical, rough, rough and tumble type career. Yeah. 
so my girlfriend's dad, who is now my father-in-law, uh, gave me a book by a, a Japanese artist in Berkeley, California. His name was uh, Fu Tung Chang, and he was doing some things with concrete, but he was a, a fine artist, mostly working with ceramics, yeah. but he, he turned his career to working with concrete. And so I went out to Berkeley. I did a training program with him, and that was the first time I saw concrete wow. being used like with something in an aesthetic way rather than in the structural way. I, I knew concrete very structurally. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we were doing foundation walls for, for buildings and things like that. And, and this guy was taking something I knew a little bit about, but, but, you know, thinking about it in a completely different way. It still had to serve a structural purpose, but just completely different than what, what I saw before. So I suppose it's good I, having that background, but understanding the structural component of it as well. Yeah, it was, it was it was really neat. It makes sense now because, you know, I can look back on it. You know, I think it was 12, 13 years ago. But, you know, at the time, I just I was kind of in awe of, of what was going on. And, you know, we were polishing floor or countertops at that point. And so I got back and just started making stuff in my basement and didn't ever go back to the other job either. My ankle healed up um, through that process. I got some jobs and uh, just continued to do it. And it's cool. As uh as the business grew, uh, some people asked me about doing floors. I was mostly doing architectural precast concrete at that time. And I knew how to strip and wax floors from being a janitor at my school. Uh, you know, knew how to use a, a swing machine and strip and wax, all those, all those, yeah. those things. Yeah. And I knew a little bit about, you know, concrete staining and coloring. And so kind of just uh, said, sure, yeah, we'll figure it out and got our first floor project. Nice. That's cool. So what age were you when you started in, in your business? I was 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I did it for a couple of years when I was 20. Uh, during 08 and 09, I couldn't keep enough work to keep working full time. So I kind of shut down. Um, I, by that time, I had a, a decent sized shop. I kind of got smaller, worked out of like a storage unit and went and worked full time in like mid-level store management at a Target store. Yep. And did that for a couple of years until I found out that I, I really missed being with the concrete every day, making things. You know, I was I was coming off uh, several years of, of a career where I made things. I got to be like working with my friends on projects, making stuff. And I really missed that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So with a deposit from a client, uh, kind of gave it a second wind and, and said, I, I got to be doing this full time. And yeah, no. started out with smaller equipment. Uh, I drove like a, a beat up work van for my personal vehicle for six or seven years and we just bought small equipment, worked with what we had, and then we've continued to grow and expand in, in our capital expenditures to be able to uh, grow teams and grow equipment to, you know, now we still have that same polisher I bought uh, eight years ago to do a small project and we also have like one of the largest concrete grinders in the region as well. Yeah, nice. So your team is what, 18 strong now or something like that? I think yeah, yeah, we got around around 18 people. So, yeah. you know, to some people that's like, oh yeah, that's awesome. And to some people that's like not even on the radar as a small business. But for us, it's it's a really good size. We can see how we can operate when we're a little bit bigger. But right now it's working out really well. I think what I like about this story is that um, it's entrepreneurial. You've set up your own business. You're doing quite well. How long have you been running for now? Uh, 2011 since uh, left Target and, and been doing that. Okay, so, so eight, eight years or so. Um, yeah. It's one of those stories that you look at and you go, you know what, It's people look up at entrepreneurship as glitz and glamour, but I think there's a lot of good ways to get out there and start your own business. 
align with something that you enjoy doing and and becoming very successful and i've got i've got friends and cousins that um have done similar to what you've done i actually just met a guy yesterday who's done a similar thing with a removalist business you know start off just with himself and a friend and now he's built it up to a team with four different trucks and all that sort of thing so it's um it's a great inspirational story and i think there's a lot of people out there that could you know grasp onto um some of the inspiration um that you're sharing to go out there and do it themselves yeah and i would i would ask people just you know when when we were a couple guys strong, I, I had this idea that we had to turn it into a, a hundred million dollar company because I'd read stories about businesses in Incorporated Magazine or I had to do this because this company did this. And, you know, I think through maturity of just growing older um, and then also realizing where my strengths set and what how I can best serve the team right now is just I can think a level of contentment with where we're at. And that that doesn't mean I don't want to grow and get better. I'm going to I want to grow at the level that we can still deliver best work and, and make sure everyone on our team is taken care of as well and, and that we still have opportunities we we embrace. But I think it's okay for somebody to have, you know, a one-person business, a four-person business, a 400-person business. Just for me, I, I think that this size works for right now and it's just I'm, I'm okay with where we're at. 100%. I think it's it's fantastic. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we all return to the earth in the same way that we got here. Um, and whatever our level of achievement is, as long as you're content with that, then that's what's important, I think. Yeah. And there's choices that you got to make in seasons of your life too. Um, you know, I have three young boys, uh, six, five and 14 months. Nice. And so to say yes to them means I might have to say no to some things at work too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a there's a guy uh, here. His name's Craig Rochelle. He leads uh, one of the largest churches in the United States called Life Church, and uh, he's in his mid fifties now. And people are amazed that, you know, he can travel this and do this or write all these books. And one of the things he said is like, yeah, like I did that in my forties once my kids were grown. Like I I said no to those things when my kids were young, and we hear a lot of the stories people say I wish I would have hmm. or if I would have known then what I know now but we have we have that advice and so we have a chance to to take it and use it it is hard though because the world wants to pull at us the world wants to take everything it can from us and to say no to some things um, especially when people can't relate like it's almost they're frustrated but to say yes to my boys to say yes to my wife I do have to say no to some things and, and they're attractive and, and they're hmm. opportunists. Hmm. Yeah. But you know, I have a friend whose kids are, I think his kids are like 18 and 15 Yeah, and yeah. like they don't want to hang out with him anymore. They're like, they want to go hang out with their friends. They want to use them to drive in places and stuff like that. But you know, in the season I'm at, like my kids are still running up to me when I get home from work every day. And so I want to, I want to embrace that moment because I know it's not going to last forever. Yeah, yeah. And a chapter in your book just talks about exactly that topic of not having to say yes to everything. You know, you can say no. Mm-hmm. It's, um, and, and things come back around too. And so just because mm. I'm given a little bit more there in this season of life doesn't mean I'm, I'm missing out on things later in life. Yeah, for sure. I think it's finding that, that bit of balance in life and, and, you know, you look at the top regrets of the dying. They, they didn't live the life they wanted to live and they missed out on a lot of those important moments. And as you age, you start to realize more about what your values are and what's really important to you. And as you look back, you go, geez, I was, I was really chasing the wrong things. And I, I'm constantly 
consciously thinking about this and at the moment I'm working very hard in my business and um, it is it is taking me away from a lot of things that um, I'd rather be doing like writing and spending time with family or my kids in particular and traveling for that matter as well. Um, so again, I'm trying to, you know, bring back that balance and, and get to that. And that's a good time of the year to do that sort of thing is reflect on the, the year that has been and, and look forward to a future plan that's going to bring a bit more harmony to that that balance. Yeah. And, and we're all going to have the seasons where things get out of balance too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people get sick, people die. There's there's pulls one way that you, that kind of pull you out. And I think it's just that time to sit. And, and feel what we have choice over and what we don't have choice over. Yeah. And then make those decisions where we can. Absolutely. So look, I don't want to go right into, you know, the book in detail. Um, the book is called Day In, Day Out, which I actually like. Um, but I'd rather just keep talking about your story because I'm pretty sure we're going to suck out some of the um, the chapters and the topics in the book and hopefully encourage the audience to, to grab a copy. You can get this copy um, online, I'll stick a link in the show notes. So this is episode 860. Um, so if you type that in, you'll congrats, you'll man! Find... 860 episodes. I'm getting up there. Yeah. Can't wait to the thousand mark. Yeah, that's somebody. That's I mean, that's the epitome of day in day out right there. It's like 860 episodes. There's there's lots of podcasts started. There's lots of podcasts that get dropped, but 860. That's a that's a new level. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting um, conversation alone and. It's about doing something that you enjoy doing, and it's not the hugest podcast in the world. I'll be honest, um, but I enjoy doing it, and that's why it keeps going. You know, and I don't. I think if you find something that you enjoy doing, you're going to be able to sustain it, even though you're not getting. You know, initially when I started, you know, hearing other podcasters that sort of inspired me to get started, they had huge audiences. I've never made that level of success, and maybe I never will, but that's okay because I enjoy doing it. Uh, and going back to your point earlier, you know, you do what you're content with doing. Um, and if it's reaching a, you know, a certain number of people, making a certain number of people happy and providing you a level of contentment, then that's a, that's a good thing to be doing. And it's um, it's purposeful work then, you know, it's, it's work that you can enjoy. Yeah, I was reading a current book I'm reading. It's called A Course in Miracles Made Easy. Yeah. And it's a kind of a transcribed, uh, I didn't know much about this until recently, but A Course in Miracles is this, kind of heavy big text with three different like uh workbooks and I, like i don't understand it completely but i bought like a transcribed version of it to understand it by alan cohen hmm. and in it this morning in my reading he talked about uh, he's wrote you know 20 some books and one of his first books didn't do that well and and now he's a pretty famous author so pretty much everything he puts out you know makes it to some kind of bestseller list but he was kind of contemplating this book like, oh, maybe it was a waste of time. Maybe it wasn't worth it. Like, I don't think it was that good. You know, my stuff now is much better. And he was kind of like kind of getting down on himself and drear about it. And then um, at one of his events, somebody mentioned to him that that book changed their life. And and he was thinking like, oh, nobody read it because, you know, it sold 200 copies instead of 200,000. Yeah. But to that one person that read it, it, it was the catalyst that changed their life. Hmm. And, you know, if, if that story happens one time with a book, a podcast, a sermon, a speech, like, and, and a lot of times we're not going to know about it, but when we put ourselves out there, you know, you with a podcast, me with this book is our, our prayer and, and hope is that, you know, just, it just hits one person. And we've, we've probably had that happen in our lives too. Somebody said something, We've read something that sure. has impacted us and we never, you know, that person doesn't even know it. 
Yeah. And, it, and it's made a big impact in our life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's absolutely, um, it gives you that extra, extra inspiration to, you know, keep on doing it, um, combined mm-hmm. with what you, you know, what you love doing. And, and I'm interested to find out, you know, starting your business off, obviously you've got a bit of a passion there for the work that you do. Um, and not only the work, but the, the environment you do it in. And I guess the level of freedom perhaps that you get with being your own boss, but what, what were some of the hurdles that you came across when you, you know, started out going back sort of eight years or whatever? Yeah. Um, I think I just, there's a lot of things that I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, in our business, we started out like small residential work. And so the dollar volumes less, um, there's less risk involved in that sense too. There's less equipment needed. And now we do much higher volume, higher contract, um, dollar, dollar projects. And so like getting into that commercial construction, uh, was kind of, it was kind of nervous and, and I didn't know that because I've never been part of it before, you know, on when I was a laborer at my other job, you know, I was, I was in it, but I was just, I didn't know the, the running of the business side of it. Hmm. So there's a level of nervousness there. Like, Oh man, this like, you know, this job's a hundred thousand dollars instead of $10,000. But when you get to start working with people and you go to the project meetings, you find that like, it's still just people being people. Yeah. And there's really nothing to be intimidated about. And like, you don't have to, we talk about this one in our, our office quite a bit is like, nobody really knows everything. And so you go to a project meeting for maybe the biggest construction project, you know, in your city and you think like everyone's just an expert and they know everything and, and they do. A lot of people know things, but, um, a lot of the answers are, you know, I don't know for sure. Let me check with somebody and I'll get back with you. Yeah. Like, let me check with the team and I'll get back with you. And I think it just showed me to ask more questions rather than to pretend I know things I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and that it's okay to, to not know things Hmm. like you don't have to have all the answers to succeed. Um, it's just, you know, it is finding the answers if needed, following up with people, being kind, being courageous, doing what you said you're going to do. Um, you know, if you told somebody you're going to get it done in four days, get it done in four days. If something outside of your control affects that, let them know, communicate well. And, just those, those principles at play um, are, are we, we all know them. We've, we've, we're taught them at ch- as children too. Um, but I think just learning to reinforce them in ourselves and in our team is super valuable. It's some of the, some of the basics, isn't it, really? And uh, getting yeah, those and basics it, it, right that we all yeah know of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you talk and to, we forget. Yeah. Like we forget. And sometimes we're like, oh, well, this has to be different. And um, yeah, it's, it's nice to be around people who can bring you back to those basics too and, and not to complicate things. And I like that, um, you know, uncertainty out there and, and being okay with not knowing. I think it's really a hard thing for a lot of people, um, generally younger people, cause it's an attachment to ego. And I think, well, I hope most people wisen up as they get older, but no, there's certainly people, um, older people that still get attached to that ego and think they have to know it all. Um, and I, I think it's a sign of weakness, to be honest, but um, I think it's good to, to be able to say, no, look, don't know, I'll find out, we'll ask a question and, and get back to you. And um, yeah, having that approach is, is definitely more, more trustworthy and that's certainly important in creating relationships in business. 
Yeah, and it's part of the adventure. Like if I go into every situation and I know all the answers, like I'm going to get bored. Yeah. I like I like I mean that's that is what an adventure is. Like you don't really know what that next thing is. Yeah. But you have the you have the confidence that you're like, "Oh, we'll figure it out." Yeah. 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 Okay. So what are some of the principles that you run your business by? Like is there a few select things that you like the basics, I suppose, that you stick to and adhere to? Yeah, uh, we we call them the dancer values. Yeah. Um, dancer it's, values. It's like all over at, at the at the core of everything. It just kind of leads back to respect, and that's just respecting ourselves, each other, and the work we do. Uh, but the five core values of our business are: we are strong and steady, we're neat, clean, and organized, we're more than one, we're always growing, and we're thoughtful communicators. And so I think a lot of the decisions or of who we're going to become or who we are or how we handle things can come back to those five, those five values. Yeah. Okay. How did you come up with those values? Um, seven years of writing, trying to connect the dots on things. If you've ever seen, uh, like one of those boards where, uh, they're trying to find like who did the murders and they have like all these, uh, oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. push pins and strings connecting everything. Yeah. Uh, seven years of that, but that being in my Google Drive folder rather than on a board. Right. <laughs> so lots of, uh, and then feedback from our team, uh, and then just seeing how experiences unfold. Yeah, cool. I like it. Um, yeah, some of those values. I mean, I, I, when you sent out your book, actually, recently you sent out your book with a magazine and a card and things like that, and just that level of, I don't know, I'd, I'd summarize it as a service um, that you provide there even though I'm not a potential customer. Um, there's a reason why you do that, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it just gives context. Like, I think everyone wants to know the why or, or more behind it. And so, like, our our business has nothing to do with the book. For example, like, you could you could be a customer of ours and not need to read the book, and you can read the book and not be a customer or vice versa. So, but if me and you want to relate and connect, um, the magazine I sent you is called The Process. So every year we put that out and it just highlights some of the projects we get to work on, um, who we are as a company, how we think, and, and it gives, you know, good pictures of the floors yeah, we very do, nice spaces magazine. we get to work in. Hmm. And so you have some context of like what my day in, day out looks like. Yeah. Like, um, and and I think that provides value to to the conversation. So if our conversation's a little bit better because, because of that, um, you know, it's a win. And then also, I think you probably got some, I included some stuff like our yearly theme. So every year we have a theme in our business Hmm. and it's just a fun way to, um, kind of talk about like, you know, what we're working on that year. Hmm. And so, uh, 2019 was trust the process. And, you know, we've, we've heard that phrase before, but, uh, we made all of our t-shirts in 2019 say, trust the process. We have a big plywood sign. Excuse me. Yep. Yep in our shop that says trust the process Mm. we put out those cards and so we want to be you know we believe that we've been put on the earth by a creator to make everything we touch better people and concrete yeah and so i can't i can't polish concrete for you but i can send you a card that says trust the process with a little bit of information on the back and hopefully that might be the sign maybe you were waiting for or maybe you forget about it and then something happens and three months from now, you're like, oh, trust the process. Like, it adds value to your life in some capacity. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I've got the sticker. You have a little sticker in there and it's actually sitting on my um, my laptop here. 
right in front nice, of the trust awesome. process. So there you go. Uh, and I love that. I absolutely am a big believer of that. And I think that's probably where we can sort of take this conversation now, day in, day out. Um, and I had a big conversation with another member, uh, another uh, fellow podcaster recently about the process and um, rather than focusing on the outcome all the time. And I think that's where we get caught up is focusing on the end result, the outcome, the dream, whatever it might be, rather than just going in day in, day out. And I suppose that's where I take that meaning of your title, but where, how would you put that in words? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I, this is, I want my life's work to be in this business I'm working right now. Yeah. Like for me, this is, this is what I want to put my effort into. And, you know, leading back to why this book was wrote, I wrote it for myself because unless something's in writing, I can be wishy-washy in how I think. But when I have to write something and it becomes, you know, text that I have to read, um, it becomes real for me. And so writing helps me clarify my thoughts and my positions on things. And so if I read a book about scaling a business to a hundred million dollars, or I read a book about, you know, I should be able to run my business on the beach and everything should run without me. Yeah. You know, I, I guess like there's good points in each of those paths, but I don't want to get caught up thinking that's my path. I want to be real clear on like what my path is. And, and my path is just day in, day out, like in this business. And that's what success is to me. Like my success might be else, somebody else's nightmare. Like they might, they might want to scale this business, sell it and move on to the next thing. That's just not what I want to do. I just want to, I want to trust that process to, put my own to this business, um, serve the people around me and, and have fun doing it. So with that in mind, and this is interesting because, um, I mean, do you, do you have an end goal? Like, is there a, like a, and it doesn't have to be a specific goal as such, but is there a, like a five year plan to get to X, you know, amount of business or 10 year plan to, like you said, sell the business or do you purely just go in there, enjoy the work, do the work and then you know, in 10 years time, let's say everything's going well and you can buy that cabin and just write, you will just do that. Like what's. <laughs> yeah, I, we do. We definitely have a vision of where we're heading. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to limit ourselves with that vision. And so I'm open to what God's plan is for us and the opportunities he brings. But I do believe that, you know, uh, we're about a $2 million a year business. Um, I believe we'll probably be doing our best work at about $5 million a year in sales. And probably about a team of about 38 people uh, operating in two locations. And so we, we point towards that. We're, we're actively pursuing a, a second location. Um, we have a lot of work in that area, but our team is traveling uh, to do work there. Hmm. And I don't like that burden on families or the team to travel that much. And so we're figuring out how we can make that a win to, to open a second location and what that might look like. And then the 5 million 38 people... Um, I just think that my leadership style, I really don't want a lot of middle level management. I want a pretty flat organization. And when you get above 40, 50 people, um, you you, kind of need some of those structures. And that's, that's just like a business people group setting thing that I have found, um, in my reading. I haven't led a company that size yet, but I I don't want to lose that personal touch we have as a small business either. Hmm. And so I think we can do really good work. I think at that level, there's, some some better scheduling we can do uh, with people, more flexibility uh, with things at that kind of revenue. We can offer better benefits. People can make higher wages. And so, yeah, that's kind of like what we're pointing to towards right now. And 
at our average growth rate, we grow about 20% every year. You know, we're looking at four to five years to, to that being a possibility. And, and I don't think it's wishful thinking because we've, we've seen the proof of, you know, from zero to now, well, you've got that, take that path. Past, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And so we want to plan, we don't want to throw a ton of resources. We don't have to be a $5 million business next year. And there's no point in creating systems that work at that level right now, but it is something we, we point towards and then we, you know, we do what's needed that day with, with that in mind in the future. Yeah. It's nice, man. And, uh, you do the day in day out and that's going to, the process will get you there. How do you, and I think like a lot of the topics that I've read so far in the book sort of help you stay on track, um, with that, that process, following that process. Um, just, just from my take on it anyway, but how do you stay connected to the day in day out? Like what's, what's your secret of success in that sense without getting caught up in other things and, and getting off track? Yeah. Um, I think my weekly writing helps me keep on track. Hmm. And then I think the people I surround myself with too, and being able to talk about those things. I, I also have a lot of systems in my life right. that, uh, you know, that keep me on track with that too. And so, um, you know, being a small business owner, one of the things they talk about a lot is like freedoms. Um, and I just try to set myself up in systems. And so I don't have to like, I don't have to fight myself to make what the best decision is in that moment that I just automatically make the best decisions when I, when I get presented them. Yeah. I know it sounds weird, but I, I'm like my worst enemy is myself. Yeah. Um, and so I set up stuff to protect me from myself. Yeah. Well, I think, and I was going to ask, you know, about your daily routine as well, because for me, I just know a really good routine it keeps me well on track regardless of how I feel. And certainly that's, that's uh, a great thing for me and my process. Yeah, I definitely have a daily routine. Um, I try to not make it, um, so this is actually something I'm working through with, uh, a coach slash psychologist. And this is, um, I, I lived a life in my early twenties of lots of not routine. I kind of wanted to fight that. Hmm. Um, and then I kind of got more religious on my routine. Like I got to do it, got to do it, got to do it. And I, like right now I'm in a space where I have like really good systems and processes. And then I allow for peace and joy to happen, even if something doesn't happen exactly as planned. And that's been, that's been really fun for me. And so it's like, well, if I can hit it 90% of the time and I allow 10% for those, those things outside of my control, um, that that's been, that's brought me a lot of joy and peace lately. So yeah, definitely. I have a, a morning routine that when, when that happens, my whole day's better. And it's, it's things that include journaling, reading, praying, uh, drinking a coffee in my chair. And it just, it gives me space, uh, before the world wakes up and allows me to just, uh, get some of those growth and, and thoughtful meditative kind of things out of the way. So what does that look like? Like what time are we waking up? Uh, it depends on the day. Uh, usually four fourteen or four forty four, mm-hmm. and um, why four fourteen and four forty four? Uh, four 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 just showed up in my life one time, and uh, I don't know. I just saw it as a sign. I think, uh, right. and so I just started waking up then. And then if I if I go on a run or uh, Mondays, I I work out before work, so that's a four fourteen day. Yeah. Okay. 
So you you wake up at four fourteen, go for a run or workout, and then what, what's the what's the rest of the morning look like before you actually get into work? Yeah, so um, I drink a bulletproof coffee. I've been doing that for oh, two yeah. years. Yeah, uh, that's that's been really good. It's just uh, coffee with some ghee and some coconut uh, oil. Blend that up. That's the first thing I do. I sit in my chair. I get out my phone and I get an Evernote. And well, well, before I sat down, I I throw a blanket on the ground. We have concrete floors, of course, throughout our house. So I throw a blanket down in front of my chair. And uh, someone taught me one time to just get on my knees every morning and pray. And it's just uh, a practice I have to uh, let go. And so I say a quick prayer about, uh, you know, I'm here. Uh, there's a power greater than me and I let go of myself to let that power work through me. And the practice of getting on my knees is, is really important to me that I'm just like literally giving up, um, in that capacity to let something else take Hmm. over. Yeah. And then I get on my journal. I get an Evernote. I usually have a few things that I'm grateful for. Uh, A couple things on my mind or dreams I had kind of plans for the day and, just go on there until I run out of space. And then I say some affirmations that I have in Evernote as well. And then I usually pick up a, a current book I'm reading and, and start reading. Okay. So how long does this routine go for? Well, that's about an hour, hour and a half. Okay. Nice. Um, and then I get dressed and head to work. Good. And then we start pretty early. Construction as yeah. a whole starts pretty early. And, and so our work starts at uh, six thirty or seven o'clock, depending on the day. Mm, and I was always wondering about people in construction, you know, because a lot of people do start that early, and to get up even earlier to have that routine um, seems a little bit um, ludicrous, almost. But um, doing it is is definitely important, and I think um, you know I'd probably be one of those people that would do something like that as well. Um, yeah, it's quite early, isn't it, for a lot of people? But it does it definitely makes a difference to the end of the day. Yeah, I've tried to do it other ways. I've tried to, you know, maybe journal at lunch or, um, you know, read during the day or things like that. But I just, once my day kicks on, I, I just kind of, I kick on and it's hard to, it's hard to pause, especially um, if I want, if I want to be the best service to my team, if they need something, I want to be available to, to help them with whatever they're working with. Yeah, sure. And what does, um, you, you speak a lot about journaling. Um, is this part of your writing as well, or is this separate from what you write about? Um, I guess, I guess it's separate. Um, there's just mostly my journaling is a lot of gratitude, just being really grateful for things or prayers I have, um, or to be asked or led in certain directions. Um, usually writing is done Saturday mornings. So Saturday mornings, I have that morning routine and then, uh, I usually sit in front of my computer for a couple, uh, couple hours and, and write. So writing is usually a Saturday activity. And again, I've tried it during the week. I just, my mind is so focused on work during the week. It's hard to, hard it's hard to get to out of that. Away. Yeah. Okay. So you're mm-hmm. writing. I mean, it started by the sounds of it a while back as well, but is there a blog in particular for that? Oh yeah. I write, uh, I post some stuff on medium. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like a online thing with, uh, you can kind of host your own page. So mm-hmm. just uh, Nick dancer on medium. Yep. Okay. So mate, look, lots of interesting stuff. I'd encourage the guys listening in to pick up a copy. There's certainly more that we could go into. I'm sure and have a longer conversation. Um, but mate, I think we've got to some of the nuts and bolts of your story and, and it's certainly inspiring. And I would, um, I've enjoyed the book so far, so hopefully the audience will pick up a copy and then pick up a few things from it as well. What do you hope to achieve from uh, putting the book out there? Um, 
I hope that I get some emails every once in a while that somebody asks for clarification or they shoot a message and say, Hey, this, this, this hit home. Thanks for writing it. And I think that's a, I think that's a, every writer's objective is, you know, I, I write the book because it helps me clarify and understand things about myself better. Yeah. Um, but at the end, there's a lot of similarities between us and a lot of the struggles we feel we're all feeling them. And so when someone shares something that's insightful, um, I think I think if a person or two gets uh, gets some good impact from it, or it changes their family or their business, and maybe that they don't have to chase the path the world's putting in front of them, but that they can make a conscious choice to to choose a path that that serves them the best. Because I think I think when you take care of yourself and you find really what you're made to be doing that everything around you gets better as well. Hmm. Yeah, I think your your family, your business, your career, you know, everything kind of gets in a line. Yeah, some pretty good advice. Mate, where can people best reach you? Um, the best place to check us out would just be dancerconcrete.com, yep. D-A-N-C-E-A-R, concrete.com. Uh, and then you can get to Medium from there or uh, find more information about the book. Nice one, man. Thanks for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure. And um, Hey, thanks so much for having me. All the best with the uh, the book. Thank you much. Guys, check it out, thehiddenwide.com, episode 860 with Nicholas Dancer. And this is The Hidden Wide Podcast. Peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwide.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is lee manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon